Thank you for taking the time to view this message online. You can connect with us more through our comments section of this video, through our Facebook page, or through our website, nhgj.org. In this message, we're wrapping up our series on Grown Spiritually. This idea that we're coming together as a community of Jesus' disciples, we're inviting others to join with us in this discipleship pathway. As together, we grow up similar to an orchard of fruit trees where each one is growing at a different pace, but each one is still committed to growing deeply in the life of Jesus. And we get our life deep in the vine of Jesus' life as we grow into these healthy and vibrant uh, branches out of this life. And, and then the outgrowth is not just for show. It's not just for greenery and, and to look good. It's actually to produce fruit. And it's to be life-giving both to ourselves, but really this life-giving experience flows out of us too to those around us and to the world around us. We actually have something to give to the world. We have that we want to offer this life that we live with Jesus. And it's the fruit of our lives that blesses those around us. And so in this way, it's our vision as New Horizons Church. Our, our vision is to see people deeply connected to Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, and living as God's expression of love to the world. And, and this is that, the, that picture. It's a really beautiful image of what we see the church could look like when we're living in the fullness of the life that Jesus has for us. And then we're able to give away that outgrowth of this life as a gift to the world. Over and over, Jesus communicated that he was not living life on his terms. All throughout the Gospels, we see this, that he says, I'm not speaking of my own thoughts and just whatever I want to. I'm saying the things that the Father is giving to me to say. Likewise, he says, I'm not just doing whatever it is that I want to do. He says, I'm doing the things that the Father is leading me or telling me to do. And so this is that life that we see. Uh, he says, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. So Jesus then tells the disciples, he says, this is the type of life that I've lived, not on my terms, but on the Father's terms. And likewise, this is the life I want you as my disciples to live, not on your terms, but to live life as you hear from me and as you've watched me, that you Go out now, I send you in the same way that the Father has sent me. And, and so we want to do the things that Jesus did. We want to say the things that Jesus said. This is the, the fullness of our life that we, that we live it out. And I want to enjoy, uh, invite you to join with me on this message. As we look back over John chapters 13 and 17, it's kind of a summation of our time together over this series of Grown Spiritually. It's an opportunity to look at three different high points or themes that, that really kind of flow throughout uh, these chapters. And as we do, I, I want to invite you to uh, ask the Holy Spirit to shape your thinking and, and to make space for Him, make this room in your, in your life at this moment for Him to lead you and to, and to guide you uh, through this time. And, and and really give you these points of application. Uh, there's some things that I'll bring up for application, but I think it's, it's always so important that as we invite the Holy Spirit to speak to us, we recognize that He has something very special for you. 
He has something very custom made just for your life so that you can apply these teachings to your, your personal experience. So let's pray and we'll open up the scriptures and, and really just take some of these snapshots out of John chapter 13 and chapter 17, uh, through chapter 17. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you so much for your word and Holy Spirit, thank you for illuminating to us the word and making it come alive. And we give you access now to our thinking and to our, our motives and, and Lord, our, our appetites, Lord, what we want to see happen in our life. And we ask you to lead us in such a way that it produces life-giving fruit in our own lives, but it flows out to others around us so that it not only blesses us, but it blesses the people that you've led us to. And so we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. And we uh, are just so thankful for this time to be together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, again, I'm not going to go chapter by chapter. Uh, we've already spent quite a bit of time in John 13 through 17, those chapters. Instead, I want to help us. I want to really point to this pathway to experiencing this life where we're deeply connected to Jesus, full of the Spirit, and living as God's expression of love to the world. And we begin by going back to the upper room where Jesus was with the disciples in John chapter 13. And they're, they've already prepared for this Passover meal. Uh, they're reclined at the table. They're gathered around that. And uh, as they're there, Jesus stands up. He gets a basin of water and a towel. He removes his outer garments and he begins to wash the disciples' feet. He begins to serve them in this way. And this act of humility really points us to this pathway of abiding in Jesus. How is it that we as followers of Jesus in, in this year, 2021, all this time has gone past since he met with the disciples in that upper room. But the same things are true that we would say, how is it that we can abide and remain with him through all that we experience? The, the same things are true for us as it was for them as well. It really points to this pathway of humility that as we surrender our positions, our power, our attitudes, our grudges, our offenses, and we humbly serve Christ, that we also are called into this serving others, those who he, whom he brings into our life, that we become servants of God, but also servants to other people. John 13, verses 13 through 17 Jesus speaking, he says, You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you, if you do them. So Jesus is pointing us to this way. How do we remain with him? How do we stay with him? Well, we first have to lose ourself. We have to lose all of this false self that's about us, our pride, our ego, uh, our sense of making an image for ourselves. 
Now, here, here clearly, I'm not saying that we lose our personhood. Uh, God has created each one of us with a unique personality uh, and a gifting, a sense of who we are in God. We're, we're created, it says in Scripture, we're created in His image. We're a reflection of Him. And so we aren't trying to lose who we are in Him. We aren't trying to just make ourselves nothing and, and just kind of be a nameless, faceless identity who just does God's work, we actually have an image. However, there is a brokenness of my self-image. There is a, a, a way of my life that comes from a place of power and control and trying to na- make a name for myself or you trying to make an image for yourself for others to see. And we want others to focus sometimes on that image. And, and what Jesus is calling us, and he's demonstrating this to the disciples and the washing of the feet, he says, listen, let's shed all of that pretension, uh, all of that false image, that false self that puffs itself up, that tries to put ourselves over the other. But instead, he says, come just as I have come in humility and washed your feet as my disciples. Jesus just says, listen, uh, I'm comfortable in my skin. I'm in the image of the Father. I'm at, at rest and at peace in Him, in him and, and who I am in Him. And so he makes that invitation to us. Let's, if, if we're going to abide and we're going to remain with Jesus, all of this self-ego, this self-driven, this image that we project out to others, Jesus would just say, that's all got to go to the side. Uh, what happens is we begin to pursue that and, and we begin to make that the focus. We make an idol of ourselves in this image of ourself that we want to be. But he says it's not really the true self. And so instead, we need to humble ourselves and invite God to express His image through us as we lay down life on our terms. And instead, we live with this passion to live life on God's terms. So I'd wrap up this last part by just saying that we, remain, we are remaining with Jesus, and it requires that I live as a gift of love to God and from God to the people He brings into my life. And so if we start from the wrong premise that I'm living life on my terms to make a name for myself, to craft a life of my own making, then I won't ever get to the fullness of life as Jesus wants to bring it to me. So in Jesus Christ, I begin with my life being a loving expression of God's love because this is how Jesus understood his life. One of the most common scriptures, so many people know this, John uh, chapter 3, Verses 16 and 17, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And so this is what we're pointing to when we say that we're living our life not on our terms, but we're living life on Jesus's terms. As the father sent him to be a gift to the world, So Jesus now sends us to be a gift to the world. Uh, God so loved the world that he gave me, Jesus said, not to condemn it, but to love the world. 
and that it might be saved through him. So he understands that he's a gift from the Father to the world. And so this is really the, the same thing that Jesus is saying to us. He would say, likewise, as the Father has sent me, I send you. Your life is intended to be for the magnificent purpose of putting God's love on display through you to the world around you. And the best way I can do this is by laying down my right to my life, my way, to walk in a path of humility, to, to be a foot washer, uh, to not consider myself above anyone, but to consider myself the lowest of the low and being willing to serve anyone. If I was to restate John 3:16 in a way that it reflects Jesus's calling on our lives, it would say something like this, God so loved the world that he gave you to be a gift to the world. He doesn't send you con to condemn the world, but so that through your example and your witness, they might have life through his son, Jesus Christ. This is John 3, 16 and 17, re-explained through us as followers of Jesus. So this is the first big idea that Jesus gives us as we take hold of, in, in, of him in John uh, chapters 13 through 17, it is that we experience this life as we recognize that we're called to be a gift to the world. Next, uh, as we think about how we're to remain with Jesus, he points us to our relationships. Jesus points us to who we're connected to. When we think that we're all alone in the world, we are for, far more likely to reduce our life down to basic survival. When we think it's just me and, and my four and no more, or my tribe and me against the world or the church against the world, uh, we, we tend to get our focus on just basic survival and how do we keep ourselves alive day to day. But, but Jesus really says this isn't the nature of our relationships. We are connected far more deeply than just ourselves in our immediate circle. Instead, he, he outlines our family tree for us. Uh, he tells us who we're connected to. Literally, it's more than just a tree. He tells us that we're part of the vine, and he is the vine. John 15, 1 through 5, Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Yeah, this is, again, Jesus saying that you're not called just to survive in this life. You and I, if we're following Jesus and we're Christians, we are not called to survive, but to thrive. We're supposed to have life flowing through us and we're supposed to be able to not just exist. There's this reality that we, we need to produce fruit. But none of that can happen if we're living life on our own, if we're disconnected from Jesus, if we try to live life on our own and apart from Jesus. Instead, if you try to have a spiritual life, if you try to live the Christian life without be deeply, uh, being deeply connected to Jesus, you and I will just dry up, we'll wither away, and we'll cease to, to bear fruit. We'll stop bearing fruit that is then life-giving, not just to us, but to those around us. 
And when that happens, our life ceases to resemble anything that is really even connected to the kingdom of God or the life that Jesus would provide for us. It's dry, it's, it's just uh, obligatory, and we're just trying to get through day by day and just eke out an existence. And Jesus would just tell us to his church, to his beloved, he would just say, please, that is not the life that represents me. It's not the life that represents my kingdom. And so the way we get away from that, with everything that we face, we're going to have to remember to remain with him, to abide in him. So remaining with Jesus requires that I connect with him multiple times throughout my day so that I can live in the fullness of the life that he provides. Listen, to, to have this type of life that I'm talking about, to remain with Jesus, it's not just a once a week type of thing, or it's not just a when we get the chance type of thing. You, you actually heard me say it right, that I have to, if I'm going to remain with Jesus, I have to have multiple times throughout my day where I'm connecting to him. That doesn't always mean I'm sitting down for a Bible study or I've got 10 minutes for prayer, but it does mean that I'm very cognizant, I'm very much aware that that Jesus is with me and he's present and his Holy Spirit is leading me. And I'm, I'm talking to him about the things that happen throughout my day. That I'm very much aware that I'm not just living life alone and I just have to figure it out on my own, but he is very present with me. And that I'm taking time to maybe a scripture that I've learned and I'm reciting it or I'm, I'm just, I've memorized it or I'm in the process of memorizing it and I'm speaking it. Maybe it is just a, a short 30-second or one-minute prayer that I just speak out to the Lord. So multiple times throughout my day, maybe it's I step outside and I just see the beauty of creation and I give thanks and praise to God in that moment and it just stops being me moving from point A to point B to being, Lord, I'm very much aware that you're with me and I want to abide and remain with you. So we are not native to this life with Jesus. <laughs> We have been brought in. We have been uh, connected to the vine by the work of Jesus. And, and so it would make sense then that there's no way that we're going to survive in the life that Jesus provides if we're disconnected from him. So there's, there's no way, please hear me in this. I, I'm sure that you're a very capable and, and, and feel qualified to be able to accomplish things throughout your day. But here's what Jesus says. You can do nothing without him. I can do nothing without him. That means we are not going to produce life out of the life that we have. It's not going to be life producing. It's just going to be death. It's just going to have an end to it. Uh, it can be stuff that's all fine and good, but it just isn't going to be life producing unless it's centered and, and deeply connected to Jesus, who is the vine. So multiple times throughout the day, I need to uh, just connect with him. And once I'm connected to him, then my life begins to express the life that he's living through me. And, and so it's this uh, connection that we have with the, the, the vine and then the branch and then the fruit. Jesus gives us this whole picture that we need to remember who we're connected to, that we're not isolated, that it's not just us forging a way forward, but we're deeply connected to Jesus. And out of our life then comes that fruit and not death. So the father's role, he's tending to the vine. He's pruning out our lives and, and branches so that we can produce more fruit. Uh, and, and Jesus is the one who's providing this to us as we're connected to him. And then 
And then out of that, again, our lives produce this fruit that then affects the whole world. So he has brought us into, Jesus has brought us into this fellowship with the Father. And so we're part of this union between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit as we're connected with them and we stay abiding with them, that we grow up in him. We remain with Jesus. And as we live as this gift of love, we're this gift of love to the Father, but then he turns around and allows us to be a gift of love to the, the people around us. But this only happens again as we're connected uh, to Jesus. Finally, our, our big picture in John 13 through 17, it points us to living in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is our helper who keeps us in step with what it is that Jesus is doing. Now, again, remember, Jesus didn't do the things he did just on his own thought processes or whatever he thought of in the moment. He only did the things that the Father gave him to do. And after he died, he resurrected and then ascended to heaven. Jesus isn't just sitting next to the Father and just waiting for time to pass and doing nothing. He actually began his ministry here on earth and he gathered disciples. He died resurrected. And then this is an important piece that he puts in there. He instructed them to disciple. He ascended. And then he sent the Holy Spirit to empower them to disciple and continue to do his ministry. So these are critical pieces that sometimes we, we forget about or we leave out of the story. We, we know that he was crucified. We know he died. He, we know he resurrected. We know he ascended to the Father. But there's a lot more that's happening there. He commissioned the disciples. He said, go and make disciples. Wait for the Holy Spirit, and then you're going to be my witnesses. He ascends, and Jesus sends the Holy Spirit. He says, the Father is going to give you the gift, right? He's going to come, the Holy Spirit, and he will empower you then to do this task that I'm asking you, which is to continue my ministry. John 16, verses 13 through 15. Jesus speaking again, he says, when the Holy Spirit of truth comes, uh, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So in all that we've been learning in John 13 through 17, it's been in this context that Jesus is going away to the Father. Uh, he's no longer going to be present with the disciples as they've, as they've been accustomed. He's been walking with them throughout Galilee and to Jerusalem and just all around the countryside. And he's reminding them, he's saying, listen, it's not going to be like that. I'm going to go to the Father. But he says, I want to make it very clear, you're not going to be alone because all of this is actually going to continue with the Holy Spirit. And so to this point, remaining with Jesus requires that I invite and embrace the Holy Spirit to dwell in me so that I can say and do what Jesus wants to express through my life. So again, I, I want to just emphasize this so strongly. Jesus did not abandon us. Jesus didn't abandon the disciples. He, does, he hasn't abandoned you or his church. Jesus is very much aware of what we need. And so he sends the Holy Spirit and so that we can be full of the life of the Spirit and then minister what it is that Jesus wants to experience. So we might be tempted to say, how do I take 
the teachings of Jesus from over 2,000 years ago, and how do I put them into the context for right now? How can I even figure out how that works or what does that look like with all the differences of culture and the advancements of, of uh, technology, things that we go through? How, how, do we, how do we do that? And it could just seem like I, you know, we have no idea how, how that could possibly happen. Well, the good news for us is that it's not just us trying to take puzzle pieces and fit it together. As followers of Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit. He's given us the Holy Spirit. And it's, it's so unfortunate that many believers don't regularly uh, just invite and, and just lean into the Holy Spirit's work in their life because th these questions and the struggles and the, the things that we try to figure out, the Holy Spirit is readily present and He wants to speak to us and lead us into all of these things. And yet there are times where we just say, well, God, I wish I knew. I wish I could figure it out. Or God, what do you want? And Jesus told us, you don't have to guess. You don't have to wonder. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And the more that you lean into him and invite him to live in you and through you, the more you're going to understand what the will of Jesus is in your life. And so the Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is not a thing. Uh, the Holy Spirit is referred to throughout Scripture as a person. The Holy Spirit is a he. And so when he comes, right, that's what Jesus says, when he comes, not when it comes. So the Holy Spirit is part of the triune nature of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's not a, a, a little brother to the Father and the Son. He, he's not a somehow disconnected part of the Trinity. He is God. The Holy Spirit is God and he is a person. And so he is uh, a he. And so when he comes, Jesus said he's going to be with you and he will be in you. And so this is not just one third of God. This is God. We don't divide God up into thirds, Father, Son, Spirit. God is one. The Lord our God is one. Uh, but he has three persons. And this, again, very confounding when we think about how does that work? What's the Trinity look like? Uh, much bigger topic for another uh, discussion or study. But out of this lesson, what we need to understand is that the Holy Spirit is God and He is fully God and He is wanting to abide with us and in us. And so that's the gift that the Father has given to us and Jesus had said that is coming and He has come. So if I relegate the Holy Spirit to a minor role, then I'm far less likely to think that he's capable of uh, leading me through my life. I actually miss out on the fullness of the life that God has for me. When we relegate the Holy Spirit to a one time or a, a once a month, or whenever I go to a conference, I might have a Holy Spirit moment. Uh, I fully, I'm just, I'm cheating myself. I'm missing out on the fullness of just living every day of my life in the fullness of the Spirit. Uh, I'm missing out on the day-to-day -day ways in which he wants to help me or to help you experience the fullness of life that Jesus has given us. And not only that, we also diminish the fruitfulness of life that the Holy Spirit can, can lead us in that then blesses others and then shows out this fruitful life that others can partake of the blessings that flow from our life because of the Holy Spirit working in us. So all of this, the fullness, the fruitfulness, the peace, the joy, the friendship, the love, the truth, on and on. We hear about this life, and this is 
the abundant life that Jesus promised. You know, it, he invites all. He says, listen, if you're tired of a life that is small and meager, if you're tired of trying to eke out an existence on your own, he makes this invitation for us to come to him and receive an abundant life, a life that is overflowing, a life that is more than we can just contain within our own circle. It's a life that flows out of us and it blesses others. And this is really what Jesus is calling us to. It's this type of life where we experience when we remain with him. And, and that's really what this series about grown spiritually has really keyed in on is, is we do not get this grown, mature, spiritual life that bears out fruit when we just try to live a Christian life. We just try to read our Bible and pray and we just try our best to do whatever it is that God wants us to do, which we maybe have seem to have no clue about. <laughs> We're truly missing out on it if it all just falls back on us to live out this life as we try and figure it out. That's not what Jesus invited us to. Jesus invited you. He invites you today. He invites all who would hear his voice. He invites us to abundant life, overflowing life. And we experience that overflowing life, one, when we surrender a name for ourselves. We surrender in humility and we say, I'm not going to try to live life on my terms, but Lord, I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to love you and allow you to make my life a gift, a gift to the world around me. That I'm going to live out of this expression just as, Lord, that you came and, and, and were a gift to the world, not to condemn it, but that through you, the world might be saved. And so, Lord, I want my life to be a gift to others. And that happens through humility. The other way that I experience this life is remembering that I, I can't sustain it just with contacting Jesus or being in touch with Jesus, you know, once a week, once a month, or even really once a day. It requires multiple times a day that I'm connected to the vine and that he's, he's giving me, it's out of that connectedness with Jesus that I, my life flows and that I just experience the fullness of life that he has for me. And then lastly, remaining with Jesus means that I invite the Holy Spirit to dwell in me and I embrace his work as he dwells in me to live this life that Jesus wants uh, from me. And so all of this and so much more that we've covered out of John chapters 13 through 17, this leads us to this abundant life where we're growing up in the Lord. We're, we're experiencing the fullness of life that Jesus has for us. We're allowing the Father to prune us back so that where we're growing fruit, we can even grow more fruit and we can have this just overabundance flowing out of our life. All of this character that is grown up out of Jesus, all of this love that flows out of us to others around us, all of this comes about not out of ourselves, but by, by being knitted closely together, grafted in closely with Jesus, who is our vine, and allowing the Holy Spirit to minister through us and producing the fruit that then not only blesses our life, but those around us. I hope you can capture this picture of what it would look like if Jesus's church, if New Horizons was that type of church where every person is so committed to this, 
That's our passion and that's our desire to see us connected to Jesus, deeply connected to Jesus, living our life as a gift that God is calling us to be, a gift to him, but even as he calls us to be a gift to the world around us and to bless those around us as we are full of the Holy Spirit and ministering out of that fullness. May God bless you as you do it. And may you just walk in all that he has for you and be that branch that is bearing much fruit in Jesus Christ. God bless you. You can find more resources for this service at nhgj.org. Email us your prayer requests to prayer at nh4gj.org. If you are a new follower of Jesus, we have a free resource for you called Following Jesus. To receive a copy, send a request to info at nh4gj.org. If you would like to partner with our ministry through giving, you can do that online at nhgj.org giving or by mail to 641 Horizon Drive, Grand Junction, Colorado, 81506. Thank you for being with us and may the Lord bless you.